You're listening to Simply the Best Sports Take, the best podcast breaking down the best stuff in sports with host Sean Bingham. His takes are so good, he dropped the mic, but then you wouldn't be able to hear him, and that would suck. Welcome into STB Sports Takes, Simply the Best Sports Podcast. I am your host, Sean Bingham. Thank you for being here. We are on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Anchor Podcasts, everywhere you get your podcasts, we are there. Thank you for tuning in. Please hit that subscribe button. Don't just listen to that and not do anything about it. Actually hit the subscribe button if you haven't already. If you have, then don't because it would be an unsubscribe, which we don't want that. Okay, so diving in. Lots of stuff going on in the NBA, you guys. Uh, First off, had a great weekend. I'm actually leaving on Wednesday. You guys know how much I travel at this point. I'm sure you've caught on to that. I'm leaving on Wednesday to go do, get this, drum roll please, Mount Everest Base Camp. But I've been telling people, when they when I tell them I'm going out of town, they say, where are you going? Oh, I'm, I'm hiking to the top of Mount Everest Base Camp. You know, you got to kind of hide the base camp part. Oh, no, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm summiting Mount Everest Base Camp like that, you know, where you kind of just, just kind of slip it in there at the end. So I'm going to Mount Everest Base Camp, and um, it should be really fun. So I'll be gone for two weeks, uh, so I will not be doing any podcasts from there. I'm going to have very limited connectivity to the world, which will be kind of fun. Um, very excited for it. Uh, a little bit nervous about the altitude and all that, but I've got all the gear I need. I should be fine. But um, anyway, that's coming up for me, so that's kind of exciting. So I'm going to miss the first round of the NBA playoffs. I'll be catching them here and there from afar. Uh, you know, when I get the occasional Wi-Fi connection, I can you know check scores and stuff at least. But today I want to go through some of my thoughts on the Utah Jazz and their future. I want to go through my NBA playoff predictions my MVP candidates, and who I think should be the MVP of the league. Um, go, through, go through some awards, first-team All-NBA, stuff like that. Um, I have not actually prepared anything. Uh, all my thoughts are prepared, but as far as like writing stuff down, have not prepared much. So we're going to see how the next 20 minutes or so goes. Um, thank you for being here, and here we go. So first off, a couple thoughts on the Utah Jazz. Um, a friend of mine, Doug Cartwright, shout-out to Doug, hope you're listening, um, he's a big jazz fan, pretty knowledgeable guy. He does view the NBA through jazz goggles. Doug, I hope you're okay with me saying that. Um, and uh, but he's but he is very smart. And he said, uh, you know, he tweeted out something about how the Jazz just really need to trade Donovan Mitchell. And I responded immediately and said, yeah, they do. Not only that, they need to get rid of Quinn Snyder. And this was after the Jazz gave up one, yet another big lead in the fourth quarter, right, to the Suns. And, you know, kind of secured or kind of sealed our fate, rather, to not get the four seed, but to be the five seed in the, in the West. To, so we don't have home court advantage. And so now you look at this is so I said we need to get rid of Quinn Snyder. We need to trade Donovan. And I kind of like doubled down on that a little bit over the weekend. And then this morning I was looking more deeply uh, at Donovan's contract and just started to think realistically, well, who could we really get for him? And I'm going to rescind that. I don't think we should trade Donovan Mitchell, um, even though it sounds right, you know, because here, here's why. The Jazz in 20, we're in 2022, so in 2020, we gave up a 2-0 series lead to the Nuggets in the playoffs. 2021, we gave up a 3-1 series lead to the Clippers, and they didn't have Kawhi Leonard, their best player. This year, we don't know what's going to happen yet, but this year, we... Uh, are leading the league in fourth quarter, 
giving up fourth quarter leads of double digits or more or double digit giving up double digit blowing double digit fourth quarter leads that's the way to say it we're leading the league in blowing double digit fourth quarter leads so three years in a row now you're looking at just failure giving up a 2-0 lead in the playoffs giving up a 3-1 lead in the playoffs with the opposing team's best player out and then this year regular season underachieving digressing and leading the league in double-digit fourth-quarter leads blown. Really, really bad. Now, what can solve all this, or fix all this, rather, would be to just win a first-round series and then see what happens from there. Um, Luca sprained an ankle, or not sprained an ankle, he uh, strained a calf, he strained his left calf muscle late last night in, the, in a meaningless game, and there's a chance that he's going to not play the first game of the series against the Jazz. So the Jazz are against the Mavericks, of course. First game is on uh, Saturday. Um, there's a chance that Luka doesn't play. Now, if he doesn't play, then I give the Jazz really, really good chances. If he does play, it's almost like a coin flip. You know, and I was uh, another friend of mine, Dave Glauser, um, who does usually listen, though he hasn't mentioned the podcast to me recently, so I wonder if he's tuning in. I'll find out after this one gets posted because I'm not going to tell him I just mentioned his name. Um but he he, uh, you know, texted me this morning saying I should you know bail on Mount Everest base camp, and should go, <laughs> should go instead to uh, Dallas for the the Mavericks and Jazz game, and I said hey you know what if they get out of the first round I'll gladly be there for some second round games, um, and he asked me what I thought my chances what what I thought their chances were, and I said you know my heart tells me that the Jazz will win the first round and if I was forced to bet if I was forced to place a bet. Even with a healthy Luca, I would I would put money on the Jazz, but but I wouldn't put very much on it. And here's why: the Jazz have a losing record on the road, and we now don't have home court advantage. And we we truly have a losing record on the road. Let me just look. The, I think it's just one game under 500. Uh, let's see here standings. Just fact checking myself live here. So the, yeah, the Jazz were 20 and 21. So yeah, I was correct. 20 and 21 on the road. So we have a losing record on the road. Um. For starters, and we don't have home court advantage. Secondly, we've been trending downward for like 25 games. We're four and six in our last 10. Okay. The Mavericks, on the other hand, traded Porzingis and are 20 and seven since that time. And they're eight and two in their last 10. So they are trending upward. We are trending downward. They have home court advantage. We are no good on the road. Um, and they are really good at home, 29 and 12. So a lot of these things would point to. The Mavericks should win. But when it comes down to it, and I think of a seven-game series, and I think of matchups, and I think of experience even, I would still give a slight, slight, slight edge to the Utah Jazz. And I think we should keep Donovan Mitchell, and I was getting into that. I got sidetracked, but here's why. Even though we gave up that lead in 2020, gave up that lead in 2021, gave up a bunch of fourth-quarter leads in individual games uh, this season, Donovan's under contract for like five more years. And if he, so maybe he demands a trade, maybe, right? Maybe he pulls a Ben Simmons and demands a trade or a James Harden. And I actually think that the public, the fan, the owners, the GMs, they all won in the Ben Simmons deal, right? Because Ben Simmons demanded a trade. Philadelphia said, that's fine. We'll look into it, but you, you're playing or you're not getting paid. And he did. He sat out. He held out. Didn't get paid, and now he looks kind of kind of dumb. Um, still isn't playing, even though he's with the Nets. 
Uh, and so to me, it's like, okay, yeah, you can, if you want to demand a trade, go for it. We're not going to pay you a dime though, unless you're playing and playing well. I mean, you could do what James Harden does, I guess, and play like crap on purpose to make sure you get your paycheck, but you force the trade that way. But, but to me, it's like the chances of Donovan doing that next year are really, really slim. And when you look at like who we could get for him, like who, who could we get? Like who, what superstar is really wanting to come to Utah? Because draft picks in the NBA are almost worthless. You never want to trade stars for draft picks. That works sometimes in the NFL because there's a more sure way to, you know, with the NFL draft, you can be more certain of what you're getting, especially um, with like linemen or defensive backs or receivers, uh, running backs frequently. But uh, quarterback's the one big crapshoot, right, in the NFL draft. But in the NBA, like, you just don't know. You really just don't know. There's so many guys that are busts. There's so many guys like Donovan who are drafted late, you know, middle of the first round and are superstars or close to superstar level. Um, So you certainly aren't going to trade for any draft picks. Just throw that idea out the window for anybody thinking that. Then you start to look at just the, the cap hits that it is for different teams. Like, you know... Can other teams handle his $28, $30 million a year salary? And if they can, what are we getting in return? And does that player want to be here? Does that player want to be in Utah? Or are they going to eventually demand a trade too? And then it's just like we traded for nothing, you know? And so you can look at all these things and I'm like, I just don't know what we could really get for Donovan Mitchell. Like you could get a, because because even like, uh, you know, Devin Booker, right? I can guarantee you the Suns would not trade trade Devin Booker for Donovan Mitchell. I guarantee they wouldn't. But guess what? If I'm a jazz player, if I'm a jazz GM, I think I would trade Donovan Mitchell for Devin Booker. I've 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 shifted gears on that a little bit. And maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it's just the Chris Paul effect in Phoenix, but I just look at what Devin Booker's done the last two years compared to what Donovan's done the last, last two years. I'd take Devin Booker. Um, a guy that, a name that came up in my head is like a realistic trade because even like a LaMelo ball, right? Like I think most people would agree that Donovan's better than LaMelo ball, but I bet you Charlotte wouldn't trade LaMelo for Donovan. I bet you they wouldn't. And so I don't know what you could really get for Donovan Mitchell. Maybe a DeMar DeRozan, but do you, do, but do the jazz want him? Do the, would the jazz rather have DeMar DeRozan than Donovan Mitchell? I don't know. DeMar had a fantastic season. He was MVP chatter at one point in the year. Um, a name that came up though was Tyler Hero. Tyler Hero is a guy that I think could be on the verge of being a mega superstar in the league. The problem is, again, I think Donovan Mitchell is obviously better than Tyler Hero, though not by much. Um, but Tyler Hero's salary is like three million a year. Donovan's is twenty-eight. The the Heat's are already already over the luxury tax, so or already over the cap, paying the luxury tax, so they can't they can't take on that kind of salary. Maybe you could get. You know, Bam out of bio, but do we want him? Does is that even a fit at all for Miami? It's not. Like they've got Jimmy Butler and Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson. So that's like maybe Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson, you know, in exchange for Donovan Mitchell. But then it's like, do the Jazz get that much better with that? I don't know. Um I, I could see them getting better because Duncan Robinson is one of the best three point shooters in the entire world. And Tyler Hero is a guy that's averaging like twenty one a game and he's like a sixth man. I think he could come in as a stud starter focal point of an offense and actually do really, really well. So maybe it could work there, but like that's not going to happen. Let's be real. Like the, the Heat aren't going to do that. The Jazz aren't going to do that. It just doesn't make a ton of sense. And so it comes down to let's see how this, this year's playoffs go. 
again, if we win a first round series, especially if we make a Western Conference Finals appearance and win a second round series, then bring all the pieces back. Let's try and figure it out and go again. But again, my initial response was Donovan's going to leave eventually anyway, and we're breaking records for you know blowing leads in playoff series and blowing leads in fourth quarter games. Um, but then I look around at like what the options are, and that's that's just the reality of being a small market team. It's a tough, tough pill to swallow. Like, do stars want to be here? If Donovan wants to leave, why would the next guy we bring in want to stay? And so when you've got someone that's under contract for five more years, it's not like Donovan's a free agent next year. He has a player option like four seasons from now. I think he has to play four more years. Then he has a player option. Then he's unrestricted. So I think at the very least you bring him back for next year again and try and get better pieces around him again. Um, we made some moves this year. We, we traded Joe Ingles away. Um, we're, we're, we're definitely one more solid piece away um, from being championship caliber team. And But right now, like the pieces have been fitting pretty well. But this year is just, I don't know what's up with this year. It's just a bizarre year. The Jazz, 49 and 33, certainly not bad, but trending, like I say, trending downward, four and six in their last 10. Um, not ideal. And so they have a chance to, to fix everything, get out of the first round, and then they'd be looking at facing, obviously, most likely the, the Phoenix Suns. Um, and that would be a real, real test. How does it look? Mike Conley, Chris Paul. DeAndre Ayton, Rudy Gobert, Donovan Mitchell, Devin Booker. You kind of go down the list of these teams, and it, like, it looks like on paper very evenly matched. Maybe the Jazz even have a slight slight edge. But then you look at the results, their records, and it's just not the case. And so we'll see if the Jazz could pull it together, figure something out, learn from their mistakes, grow. But the moral of the story is I jumped to a conclusion. I was prisoner of the moment. I felt like we should trade away Donovan, get rid of Quinn Snyder. And now I just don't feel that way because the truth is we're not the Lakers. We're not the Celtics. We're not the Heat. Um, we're not a like highly sought-after destination. In fact, we're one of the, the least sought-after destinations in the entire league. And so don't get rid of something really good when you have it, even if it's not quite good enough to win a title because I think the result would probably be missing the playoffs if we did what I knee-jerk reaction said we should do, which is trade Donovan, get rid of Quinn. I think we keep both of them. Run it back one more year. Let's see, though. If we get swept in the playoffs, then it's like you got to do something. But I don't think that's going to happen. I think the Jazz probably win that first round. So speaking of the playoffs, let's talk about the predictions here, the matchups. Uh, the play-in tournament starts tomorrow. I love the play-in. I think it's so fun how they do that. Lakers miss the play-in altogether. Hilarious. Uh, Cavs and Nets tomorrow. What time is that game at? Five. I'm going to watch that. So 5 o'clock Mountain Time tomorrow. Cavs, Nets. Uh, Brooklyn's favored by a lot. They're going to win. And I think that uh, if I'm... Who's, who is it in the standings? Is it the Celtics, I think? Right? The two seed in the East? So the Celtics are going to have to play the Nets. They're going to lose. The Nets will win that series. Um, interesting to see how Kyrie does, though, against his former team. But I'm going to take... Uh, in the play-ins, I, I think that the, the teams that will come out will be the Nets. And then the Cavaliers would play um, again. And they'll probably... The Hornets and Hawks, those are really good teams. I think I'm going to predict that... Oh, man, what am I going to predict? I think I'm going to predict that the Hawks 
I don't know. I told you I didn't prepare much. I knew what I was going to talk about, but I hadn't really given it much more thought than that. So the Hawks have the home court advantage in that game. The Hornets, believe it or not, have a winning record on the road, though. I still think I would say the Hawks will win that game, um, which would mean the Hawks would then play the Cavs in Cleveland. And I think I'm going to... I think I'm going to say the Hawks. I'm just going to do it. I think the Cleveland's going downward. Atlanta's coming upward. I'm going to say that the Nets and the Hawks are the two teams that get in. So then you'd have the Heat versus the Hawks. No-brainer Heat win that one. Celtics versus Nets. The Celtics being the two seed. I'm going to say the the, the seven seed Nets win that one. Then the three six is the Bucks and the Bulls. Um, good matchup, but I think I think the Bucks win that in six. Then the Sixers and the Raptors, and I think that the Sixers win that. Um, so I'm going to take all the favored home team seeds with the exception of the Nets uh, and the Celtics. Then in the second round, uh, you'd have uh, the Sixers and the Heat. That's an interesting one. And then you'd have the Bucks and the Nets. That's a really good one. So Sixers, Heat, Bucks, Nets. I think I'd probably go with the Bucks to beat the Nets in maybe seven games. And then uh, we'll see if Ben Simmons comes back. There's talk of that happening. If he does, that would change things quite a bit. I'd have to see how he does in the first round. If they can get him five or six games under his belt before a matchup against the Bucks, that would go a long way. Um, but then you'd have the Heat and the uh, Heat and the Sixers. And I think I would give the edge to the Heat. So you'd end up with Heat and Bucks in the in the Eastern Conference Finals, and I would go with the Bucks to win that and go to the NBA Finals. In the West, like I said, I'm going to go with the Jazz as the unfavored seed, the lower seed rather, to beat the Mavericks. The one eight will end up being. Um, oh, I didn't talk about the plan in that one. So it's uh, the Timberwolves and the Clippers. And I'm actually going to say that the Clippers win that and get the seven seed. And then the Timberwolves would then play the winner of the Pelicans and Spurs, which I'm going to say is going to be the... I'm going to say that'll be the... Uh, I'm going to say it'll be the Pelicans. Um, but I think the Timberwolves win. So I think the Timberwolves get the eight, Clippers get the seven. So the Suns will play the Clippers in the first round. They'll win. Grizzlies will play the Timberwolves or the... Yeah, the Timberwolves in the first round, they'll win, meaning the Grizzlies. Warriors will play the Nuggets in the first round. Warriors will win. Uh, Dallas and Utah, and Utah will win. So I'm going to take that favored or the home team seeds in all of those with the exception of the Jazz. I'll take them over the Mavericks. Then in the second round, Suns-Jazz. I'm going to take the Suns. Sorry, Jazz fans. I'm a Jazz fan too, but i got to be real. And then in the, the next matchup is the grizzlies versus the Warriors. I'm going to take the Warriors. And so that would mean a Warriors-Suns Western Conference Finals. And I probably would take the Suns, but if Steph's back and Clay's moving and Wiggins is there and Draymond's there, that's going to be a really interesting matchup. But I think I'm going to end up going with a rematch of the Suns and the Bucks in the finals. Um, And... I think I'd maybe say that the Suns win it. I think I'm going to do it. I think I'm predicting that the Phoenix Suns win the NBA title. I think they avenge that loss from last year. They're going to have home court advantage. They're hungry. Chris Paul knows this is probably his last chance to do it. Um, 
he's not getting any younger. It's hard to get there. It took him however many, 17 years or whatever it was to get there. And he has a good chance to get back. So I'm going to say the Suns beat the Bucks in a rematch of last year's finals. There's my NBA playoff predictions. Okay, last thing I want to touch on is the MVP race. A lot of chatter around this. Um, the guys being talked about the most are Jokic, who won it last year. Giannis, who won it the two years before that. Joel Embiid, who's never won it. Um, and here's the thing. Jokic played 74 games out of 82. Giannis played 67 out of 82. Uh, Joel Embiid played 68 out of 82. So none of them played a full season. Uh, Jokic played the most. Jokic dealt with a lot because Jamal Murray was out. Um, Michael Porter Jr. was out. So his second and third best players on his team were out. Uh, Giannis had a full-strength squad, but he's the man. Um, in points per game, they were all three really, really high. Joel Embiid led the league. Uh, Giannis was second because LeBron did not qualify, did not play enough games, only played 56 games. Um, Durant also did not qualify, did not play enough games, only played 55 games. Um, but Jokic averaged 27.1, Giannis 29.9, Joel Embiid 30.6. So all of them really, really good. Field goal percentage, Joel Embiid 49.9, so basically 50%. Giannis 55.3. Jokic shot 58.3% from the field. Three-point field goal percentage, this might surprise you. Joel Embiid with the highest three-point field goal percentage. Yes, higher than Jokic by 4% actually. 37% for Embiid, 29% for Giannis, and 33% for Jokic. So... Um, free throw percentage, all basically the same. Um, Joel Embiid, again, with the highest one there, but just by a little bit. Uh, rebounds, Jokic led, which is surprising, but they were all pretty right there. Embiid 11.7, Giannis 11.6, Jokic 13.8. Assists, again, Jokic led at 7.9, um, 4.2 for Embiid and 5.8 for Giannis. Steals and blocks, um, all kind of right there, around one apiece for each of those categories. So then you look at PER. PER kind of tries to take everything into account and say, however many minutes you were on the floor, how did you shoot, how many points did you score, how many rebounds did you get, yada, yada, yada. The, for the entire league, guess who the top three guys are? Nikola Jokic, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Joel Embiid. The stats are really, really good. Um, it doesn't tell everything, though. It doesn't tell the whole story because, like, at number eight is a guy named Brandon Clark. And go ahead and raise your hand if you if you know anything about Brandon Clark. Plays for the Memphis Grizzlies, apparently. Averaged 10 points a game, but the guy somehow is uh, eighth in the entire league in, uh, in PER, and it's because he shot 64.4% from the field. So PER is not everything, but it is a really good stat. So Jokic, Giannis, and Embiid leading the league there. Um, obviously, uh, Jokic put up with, you know, having his two best teammates gone, but Embiid dealt with some serious drama with Ben Simmons refusing to play his very best teammate, um, refusing to play. I'm not demanding a trade, sitting out, crybaby, huge amounts of media attention around it, massive distraction, and Embiid fought through all of it. Then they get Harden for like the last 20, 30 games, whatever it was. And he kind of underachieves, isn't that great. It's tough to mesh. And Embiid just keeps on trucking. Um, leads the league in scoring. Jokic, of course, 
was the first guy ever to have like whatever it was, 2,000 points, 1,000 rebounds, 500 assists in a season. Uh, that is very cool. His team, though, finishes sixth in the West, while the Sixers finished, I think it was fourth, right? Fourth in the East. And the Eastern Conference is actually the better conference. They have 10 teams with winning records, while the West only has seven. Or excuse me, eight. There's eight teams with winning records in the West, 10 in the East. The East really is, from top to bottom, it is the better conference. Um, so Joel Embiid... Joel Embiid was up against slightly more difficult um, competition, just by a little bit, just slightly. I would say relatively equal uh, difficulty with teammates missing games. Not quite the same level of difficulty as Jokic, but like very, very close. But then you add the media attention and the extra stress and pressure that comes with that, and I'd say it's right there. So to me, it's it's a toss-up. Um, and then with Giannis, his team finishes third. Uh, he leads his lead, he leads his team in every category there is. Um, he's also second in PER to kind of show that. You could argue it should go to Giannis for a third time. I don't know. I think you're going to see. I don't know what you're going to see, but I think I would probably give it to Embiid. Um, I listened to Chris Broussard this morning. He's one of my favorite guys to listen to. And he made a good point. He said there was a championship, or not rather a championship, but rather a uh, an MVP moment between Embiid and. Uh, Giannis when they played each other in a pivotal game and Giannis was the one to go in and dunk on Embiid. Giannis was the one to hit a three-pointer to force overtime um, and Embiid wasn't doing those things so MVP moments you know Giannis would lead the way there and his team's the highest of, of the three players his team is the highest of all of them but he also has a great supporting cast teammates didn't miss games so there's a lot that goes into it so personally I think I would give it to Embiid um, I maybe would be guilty. To me, they're all three right there. And Embiid just dealt with so much with Ben Simmons, led the league in scoring, first center to do that since like 1982 or something, or 94. I think it was when Dennis, uh, Dennis Robin, uh, David Robinson did it. Um, yeah, since 94, I believe, first center to do that. So to me, I think I would give it to, to Embiid. Um, but you really can't go wrong with any of those three. But for me, Embiid. Okay, started to ramble a little bit there. Guys, that's all the time I have for today. I've got to get to some other things. You guys are amazing. Probably going to be a couple of weeks without a podcast, but please subscribe, share it with your friends, watch the playoffs. I'll be following for the first round from afar, and I'll be here live for the second round and beyond for more podcasts. But you guys are amazing, and I'll talk to you soon. Peace. Thanks for hanging with Simply the Best Sports Take. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and check out STB Sports Take. Dot com simply the best in sports Cause we are